which sounds so ridiculous when you say it like that. It's so funny. It makes it, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> because I'm doing this thing that makes it legally binding. Now I get to tell you what to do. You're listening to the Nacho Kids podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Talk to me, David. Talk to me. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Anything interesting happened in your life this week? Because I was out most of the week. Well, other than babysitting the dogs. <laughs> that's about it. The bio dog and the step dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for you to go on your next little trip and come back, and then I'm going somewhere. Are you? Yep. I'm going to the bedroom. (laughs) It's going to be the getaway. Yep. And I'm not going to do anything with the dogs or anything for three days. Are you? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. I need a vacation. A staycation? I don't care where it is. So, since we're into this, like, very, very extended stay-home thing. Yeah. And you just answered my question. <laughs> <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> just wondering how you're handling it. Okay. I'm still adjusting, I think. Are you? But you're a stay-at-home person. Yeah. <laughs> you having to think that one through? No, I am a stay-at-home person, but I like my quiet. Yeah, and it's not been quiet. No. Yeah. So the reason I even bring it up is because today we went to Belk and uh, to return some stuff. And we typically don't go out to the shopping places, even pre-COVID. <laughs> we do everything online, but sometimes you have to take stuff back. So anyway, we're all masked up. We, we PPE'd. <laughs> mm-hmm. we go in the belt. And, and this guy's ringing people up. And this lady's being a little nasty to him. And not that I was paying attention, but it was hard not to hear kind of the snive remarks. What was she saying? Just stuff like, um, well, I was over in the other department and there was nobody there. So don't try to tell me somebody else was over there. (laughs) But what caught my attention more than her was this dude walks up and is like, ma'am, there is no reason for you to be that way toward him. You should, you should apologize. You should be absolutely ashamed of yourself for acting this way toward him. And I was like, Wow. (laughs) Because, like, the guy, of course, everybody's masked up, so you don't know. (laughs) You can't tell much about him. But what I could tell was he was by far younger than this lady. So, you know, being from the South. You don't talk to your elders that way. Exactly. Like, I'm thinking, dude, not that she didn't deserve it, but I don't think I would call out grandma. (laughs) What did the lady do? Oh, she chilled out. Oh, really? She's embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she calmed down immediately. But not that she she wasn't being belligerent. She just, was just being rude. Yeah. Well, um, and then we when we went to check out, there was a problem with the register. Oh, my gosh. And this poor lady had to go to, like, two other different registers, jump around, throw her leg up in the air, stand mm-hmm. on one leg, you know, do, and sing Kumbaya to make it work. I was like, good grief. And, you know, of course, we were all chilled. Um, but there were people, several people came and, and left. <laughs> but uh, the whole point of it is you don't have to be nasty just because 
things are stressful, just because your life has got some pressure on it, it doesn't mean that you have to give it to somebody else. Right. And if somebody else is giving it to you, it doesn't mean you have to take it either. That's right. And when I say you don't have to take it, it doesn't mean you blow back up at them. It means you just go, Nacho. Poor, poor guy. Poor lady. Yep. You they, ain't stealing my joy, they, you old grumpy fella. You must have had a bad day. But whatever it is that's bothering you, I'm sorry that you feel like you have to try to give it to me, but I ain't taking it from you. Well, we never know what somebody's going through. No, and that's more times than not that it is the fact that somebody is going through something else. It's not the interaction that you're having with them at that moment that's the problem. It's usually just, it's the thing that kind of broke the camel's back, basically, if you want to say it that way. The straw. Yeah, but sometimes it's more than a straw. Yeah. But it, yeah, I'm, I mean, we're, I'm in a customer service type business and I tell my employees all the time, if somebody calls and they're being completely out of character with you and being mean about it, typically it's not you. It's something else that's going on. They're stressed about something else. So don't take it personally. Right. It's hard not to. Oh, absolutely. But it just is. take a deep breath and keep your smile on. Yeah, I do. <sighs> All right. Well, let's talk about our guest today. Okay. Our guest today is Danny. Hey, Danny. She's been blending for six years. Okay. Has a stepson that's 20, a stepdaughter that's 18, and a stepdaughter that's 15. Ooh. No bio kids and no hours kids. Really? Yep. And at first, when they got together, they had the kids every other weekend. Then it became 50-50. Mm. So we know there were some adjustments there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And guess what, David? What? After they got married, things changed. <laughs> I think that should be another shirt. After I got married, things changed. Mm-hmm. That would be a or good shirt. Pre-marriage, it was all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and imagine this. Yeah. She wanted to control things. Oh, that didn't go well, did it? No. It's funny how we as blended families keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again. You'd think somebody would start like an academy to teach people how to do this stuff properly. There is an academy, David. Really? Yeah. Oh, should it be called the Nacho Kids Academy? You're so silly. <laughs> okay. Of course, she came across our podcast mm-hmm. and she heard a guest that said that they gave their husband and his kids space. Okay. And that like resonated with her. She's like, I'll give them some space, all right. They can pack their junk and leave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good because that helped us out a lot when we were going through stuff. And you remember I tried to have like the one-on-ones with each kid, which I care, I could never get to all of them because I had four that I had, I had to deal with. And so it didn't, it didn't happen the way I wanted it to, but it still helped a lot uh, with my relationship with the kids as well as your relationship with them as well. Right. One thing, too, I want to mention that she brought up that I find is very common, that when she got married and a lot of her friends weren't married and stuff like that, she felt alone. She had lost a lot of her friends. Mm. Because, you know, if you're single, you don't want to hang out with somebody that's married and got kids. Right. So she went through that challenge as well. Or if you're married, um. Sometimes you don't want your spouse hanging out with the single people. That's right. <laughs> but not surprisingly, Nacho did her good. No, that is not surprising. 
Yep. So let's get to listening. All right. Before we do, here's a quick word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle step family challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Danny. Hey, Danny, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing well. So tell us about your blend. How long have you been blending? Uh, I've been blending for about six years now. Okay. And how many stepkids? Three stepkids, uh, stepson and two stepdaughters. And no bio kids or ours kids? Nope. No bio kids. Um, I don't have any kids. I never uh, was like a I don't know, a young girl who wanted to grow up and have kids. I don't know. I was always like a young girl who wanted to grow up and have 10 dogs. So um, <laughs> I've definitely had had more pets than I've had kids uh, of my own. Um, and uh, yeah, we have no kids together. Yep. So do you still not want kids? I'm still, I'm still not wanting kids. Let's just say that if it just happened to happen, I would have a kid, but I don't want a kid. <laughs> right. You're not planning one. Not anytime soon. <laughs> so... You're a young stepmom. Yes, yes. Thirty years old. Uh, started started with my. Uh, he was with my boyfriend when I was just twenty five years old. Just turned twenty five. I might even been twenty four. And at that time, his oldest son was how old? His oldest son was thirteen. Okay, thirteen years old, going on fourteen, but about to be a freshman in high school. So you are not that much yeah. older than your stepson. Not at all. No, not that much older. Just about, just about 10 years older than him. Um, being 10 and a half years older, which is really interesting. There's a lot of numbers going on here. I'm 10 and a half years older than my oldest stepson and my husband is 10 and a half years older than me. So there is a, a big, uh, a big gap there, but it's kind of this, this weird gap where like, I'm not really quite old enough to be his parent but I'm a little old to be his sibling, but mm-hmm. he thinks I'm his crazy aunt. It's just kind of like this weird dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> that is kind of weird when you put it that way, that your husband is, or your significant other is 10 and a half years older than you, and you're 10 and a half years older than his kid. So that means you could have been dating his kid. I could have been dating his kid. <laughs> you think about it like that. It's weird to think about. Yeah. 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 Role yeah, reversal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it's, you know, you walk around and, you know, you walk around and uh, you look around at some like, you know, some really cute 20 year olds on, at the mall or on the street or at the beach. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's my stepson's age. I can't. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure. It's weird. Oh, I'm sure it is. So how often do y'all have the stepkids? Um, well, so we had we had the original when we first got together. It was um, every other weekend that we moved closer to their mom. Uh, we live five minutes up the road from them. So then we switched to 50 50 every other week. Um, currently, um, the youngest, she's still in the house. Uh, the other two have moved out. Uh, she still comes over every other weekend at the moment. Um, but we are hoping to go back to 50, 50 once summer comes around or, you know, whenever, (laughs) whenever we can change things up. Right. So the oldest two have moved out. Yes. And you said that bio mom lives about five minutes down the road. Yes, bio mom lives five minutes up the road. We live in the same neighborhood. Uh, we did that so that they could still stay with us and stay in the same schools. So we're in the same school district. Right. 
we did that like three years ago. Okay. So what's your relationship like with the bio mom? Uh, my relationship with bio mom, we're cordial. We will, we would say hi to each other. If we ran into, which we have, we've run into each other at the grocery store and like said hi to each other and looked at each other's grocery carts and commented on what's in there. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> said, hi, and how are the kids? Or how, how are your parents it's living in the neighborhood too? And, um, but that's, that's about it. She'll send me some, some memes. Sometimes she's been kind of thoughtful. Uh, you know, we have kind of like a, a thoughtful relationship, but there's not, not, not an actual relationship there. I'd say we're on good, good terms though. Right. So she wasn't sizing up your grocery cart going, you're feeding my kids a bunch of crap. <laughs> <laughs> She was, it's it's fun. Actually, she probably was, truthfully. (laughs) Uh, I'm glad we're talking about this. (laughs) She is, uh, my, um, me and my partner, we are, uh, we are vegan. We switched to being vegan about three and a half years ago, like right, right as we moved down here. And uh, they could not, our bio mom and uh, stepdad could not be farther from vegan. So they have a meat freezer in their house. So when they send their kids over, there is a lot of like, what are you feeding them? What's in the cart? What are they getting? Anything like, <laughs> yeah, they're getting weed bacon. <laughs> that that probably, that did not come out the way that I meant for it to. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're getting okra bacon. That sounds much better than yes. weed bacon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> So do you do, you don't do any communication with her about the stepkids? Mm, no, not really. I stay out of it. I stay out of it because she's such an active participant in their lives mm-hmm. that uh, I stay out of it completely. You know, I had, I had my reservations at first um, about that and, and wanted to be this, you know, really big, uh, a big role in their life and, you know, kind of ask her questions. But I, um, I just don't want to. I have so much respect for my, my partner, my husband. I call my, sometimes I call him my husband, sometimes I call him my partner. Um, so I'll go back and forth there. But okay. um, I have so much respect for, for his relationship with the kids that I don't want to do anything that would, you know, muddle the waters between him and his bio mom. So uh, our, our conversations are, if we do have them, they're about dogs or uh, food, stuff like that. She's a cook, so sometimes we talk about food. Oh, okay. Yeah. So with you being so young, when you got into this stepmom role, did you research anything? Had you joined Facebook groups or did you do anything to be proactive to help your blend? No, nope. I did not. I let's, I was young. I was kind of naive and thought it'll just all work out fine. There won't be any issues. Um, I'll just, you know. And it started off with me being very laid back. Like I wanted to be kind of that like kind of friend that they hung out with because I think that's how they saw me for a while. Mm-hmm. Everything changed when we got married and we can get into that in a minute. But um, I think that um, I didn't look into anything. I didn't think that I had a need to. My mom, you know, blended a family with um, my two sisters and me and my brother. Um, so I just kind of like took her lead and just like looked at her example and didn't do any research on my own, which I, you know, kind of regret not doing because it was, you know, really, uh, really helpful when I finally did start looking into to some, uh, podcasts is what I started looking at eventually as podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, Facebook groups and stuff like that probably would have been really helpful to actually start off the relationship like that. But, um, I went into it just like, everything's going to be okay. Um, I'm going to be laid back. I'm going to stay out of their business. And then um, 
and then you know everything's going to work out and it, it did for a few years but hmm, when we got married things changed <laughs> and, and we see that a lot like we'll see people that have lived together for 5 years and the moment they get married it changes the dynamics of the blend what do you think that is? Like I, I, you know, I racked my brain around it for so long. Like I, I still not really sure what that phenomenon is all about, but I did change it. Well, I think it's because before you're married, it's like, well, she, she can still leave. She's not permanent. Mm. Whereas once you're married, mm-hmm. then not only does that mean that you're kind of a permanent fixture in their home, it also means that there's no chance of the exes getting back together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes it real, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it solidifies yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So did you notice it immediately once you got married? Like after you get married, you come back and things are just bam different? Or was it like a gradual things were different? No, it didn't happen right away. It just started to happen really slowly. Um, uh, like the dynamic just slowly started to change. There was some some changes going on um, between the... Um, the oldest stepdaughter, she was um, 16 at the time, and some things started changing with her and her relationships. She got a significant other that we didn't really approve of, and you know there was some battle back and forth there. And I guess I kind of got my, I'm wife now. I'm 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 stepmom. It's official. Like I have a say, and I can tell you and snoop and do all these things. And and you know that got to my head. And um, when I started intervening, there was just immediate like, get out of my life. Uh, we don't even want to be here anymore. Like we're moving back with bio mom. So I, I mean, it just you know, it probably took me a couple months to come around and be like, wow, this is miserable. I hate living here right now. They hate living here. I need to like be the grown up and actually do some research. And that's when I think I stumbled upon some stepmom podcasts. Um, was how that happened. You know, it got pretty ugly for a couple months there, maybe even like a few years. Pretty, pretty ugly, pretty uncomfortable, like walking on eggshells all the time. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about what you just said, though. The dynamics changed once you kicked into stepmom role. Yeah. Yeah. So it may not necessarily be, I think it's probably a combination of all of it. You know, you get married, that means the exes aren't getting back together. It also means that you're not going anywhere. And then all of a sudden, when we do get married, it's like, yeah, I have a right to tell those kids to clean their rooms and do the dishes and who they can and can't hang out with because I am married to their father. Right. Right. Which sounds so ridiculous when you say it like that. It's so funny. It makes it, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) because I'm doing this thing that makes it legally binding. Now I get to tell you what to do. Before I didn't really care. (laughs) Not that I didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I have this piece of paper and at the bottom it says, I can parent you. Did you not know that? <laughs> it does sound silly once we say it, but I think the mentality is that we look at it as okay, once we marry them, we become their parent also. And we don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't it doesn't change biology. It doesn't change the fact that they have a mom and a dad. It all of a sudden they don't have two moms. The only difference is their dad has a new wife. Right. Yeah, no, it's very, very true. And, you know, it, it, I think, I think in my, in my case, the fact that she's just up the road is a very clear reminder that I'm not their mom. And I don't know if, um, and I think maybe that has something to do with why it, it was pretty quick for me to come around and start doing some research and looking for help. I don't know if all people have that like benefit of like bio mom being present for them to be like, you know, 
because like oh yeah i'm not your mom your mom lives five minutes up the road that's where she is like i can see that in my head i'm like yeah 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 this makes sense like my ego was completely destroyed and it was like really hard but i mean after you know a little bit i was like i started coming around to that like you're right i'm not your mom Mm -hmm. i want to be sometimes i think i should be because like shit that you're doing right now is really annoying me (laughs) (laughs) but i'm definitely not you know yeah and you've got a good point there though if the bio mom is not as present as your stepkids bio mommy is, it may be harder for the stepmom to remember that they do have another mom mm-hmm. or they have a mom. Let me phrase they it that way. Mommy. Yeah. Because regardless of if mom is active in their life, passed away, or they may see her once a year, they still have a mom. And just because you marry their dad doesn't make you mom. Yeah. It makes me, makes me, their uh, their dad's wife. Exactly. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to come up with another term besides stepmom. I'm, yeah. I've been like working on that. Glorified part. babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, some people will get offended with that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll, we, we should come up with a nice, uh, a nice, nice replacement for that word. Yeah. I'm sure it's out there. Yeah. I've been thinking on it for a while. So I'll just continue to do that. And maybe one day it'll come to me. So. When you got married and you came in and felt like, oh, I'm, I can be a parent now, that didn't go well. Did the kids end up moving back with bio mom or d- did you quickly go, wait a minute, I'm miserable, everybody's miserable, something's got to change? Um, were you and your significant other fighting a lot because of this? So we did. We fought, me and uh, my partner, we fought for a little bit around it. Um, I got really... On my end, I tried to control everything. I mean, I think people just want, everyone wants to control something. And I just really wanted to control the outcome of their relationship because I could just feel things were on the rocks between them, between uh, my partner and my stepkids. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew that I had a part to play. I didn't realize how much of a part I had to play, but um, I knew things were on the rocks and I really wanted to just control the outcome. Like, I'm going to make it all better. So every single day I was like, Hey babe, like, let's talk about it. How are you feeling about it? Like, what do you, why did you say that to the kids? Why'd you say that to the kids? Like, why would you do that? Um, like, well, when you said that, don't you think that was kind of rude or, or, you know, when, when you walked away and she was, you know, saying that, like, don't you think that was like being negligent? Like I started getting like, you know, really worried they were going to move back in with their bio mom and lo and behold, they did move back in with their bio mom, um, and started coming to us every other weekend. Um, and um that was really hard for me and i was like man and and, but it also like that space there was like actually really refreshing because i was like wow like i didn't realize how badly i needed to stop and like have some space between me and them and like reflect on how absolutely controlling i was being like i turned into such a control freak Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot of a lot of you know back and forth and fighting between me and my partner and a lot of uh, uh we definitely like we weren't you know uh on good footing at that point but um we started i started to kind of like back out of it and that's that is when i started really getting into like actually that's when i came across the nacho kids that's when i came across this podcast um was when i was like i started listening to someone that was being interviewed and they were saying how sometimes they just like leave the room and step out and just like give you know their um their significant other, their partner and the, and the stepkids the chance to be with them by themselves. And like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go read a book in another room or go for a laundry downstairs or go, um, go out for a walk or do something. And then you guys can have your own time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like revolutionary. So like they would come over, um, for every other weekend and I would just kind of like leave and 
wouldn't really make a big deal out of it, like not make a good dramatic scene or anything, but I would just kind of, you know, go upstairs and hang out on my cell phone and scroll through Facebook, you know, in my room for a little bit, or, you know, go, you know, do something else for a little bit and come back. Mm-hmm. When then eventually, you know, when they kind of came to this agreement with bio mom and that they were going to come back 50, 50, um, there was like one night of the week where we would have like a family meeting and I was included. And then there was one night of the week where they would like go out to dinner and I would stay home. Um, and that worked really well. Yeah. You didn't feel left out when they did that? No, no, honestly, I didn't. I was more, I was more concerned with him getting his kids back than I was with my need to be a part of that. I don't know. He, uh, he, you know, uprooted his life where we were comfortable living in a different County and moved down here just so he could be with them. Mm -hmm. And then I felt so guilty, I guess, for maybe any part I played in that separating that I was like, you know what, you just have this, you have this time with your kids. I don't feel bad at all. I'm going to enjoy the alone time and get some of my life back. Cause I felt like I kind of lost myself in the whole process, Mm -hmm. um, figure out who I am again. And then, you know, we're all ready to hang out as a group. We'll all hang out as a group and we'll have game night, play connect four or, you know, cards against humanity. We'll do something together. As long as you guys have your separate time. Right. I was going to ask you if you felt guilty and like they left and went back to buy a mom because of you. I did. Yeah. I felt really guilty about that. I felt like I had caused the whole thing. I don't think I did. There's a lot of, you know, dynamic that comes along with bio mom and the, the girls specifically, you know, they're really close, to, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I don't think that it has as much to do with me as I originally thought, but, um, I still want to keep my side of the street clean and just make sure that I'm doing everything I can do to make it comfortable when they do come over. Right. Um, yeah. And it's hard to do because you want to help. You feel like by you telling them to do their chores or whatever, that you're helping your significant other when most of the time you're not. You're just causing a rift between you and the stepkids, and then they complain about you to him, and then you're complaining about them not listening to him. So he's stuck in the middle. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's that was so hard for me to understand. I mean, and by hard, I mean, like, that was, like, truly upsetting and, like, horrible for me to to wrap my head around because I was like, I'm just doing the right thing. The rooms are a mess. Someone should tell them to make their bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I told my 17-year-old stepdaughter, like, I was like, you should really make your bed. Uh, and she kind of, like, looked at me and was like, have you seen your room lately? And I was like, Damn, <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was the last time I ever told her to make her bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can see that. That was, uh, yeah. Got to keep your own front porch clean so, before you start telling somebody else to clean theirs. <laughs> yeah, and they weren't they weren't having any of it, and I don't have that mom status to be like, do it anyway and don't talk back. I was like, okay. yeah, yeah. She <laughs> shocked you, didn't she, with her reply? She did. Yeah. When um when you step back, did you notice like instant? I don't want to say relief, but like a freeing feeling, like you weren't as stressed and like things got better very quickly yeah like i said like i said for sure like when um when they went over to their moms and they only came over every other weekend everything was really uh i had that time to reflect and i had that space and then um and then when they came back i kind of kept that in tow and kept my space and and like uh to be like specific like you know i said like i you know they had their nights out without me or um, I would just give them their space in their rooms because now they're teenagers and I just did my thing and I felt immediate relief. Like I, there were definitely still moments where I wanted to say something. I want to be like, no, like 
help with the dishes. I can't believe you've left the dishes in the sink and you don't wash any of your dishes. And like, I've definitely had my moments, but you know, I'd just be like, Hey, Hey babe, can you, uh, can you remind the girls, you know, next time you see them to do the dishes. And then I would just make the suggestion and casually walk Mm -hmm. away and like, leave it at that. Um, and I felt like immediate relief. Like all I can do is just like make a suggestion, walk away. And, um, I feel way better about that. Yeah. You put the ball on his court. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you were talking about how we won't control and we do. And I've talked about this before, even little kids, they'll say when you're potty training them, the reason they have accidents is because that's what they can control. Yes. Yes. I used to work in a preschool in a two-year-old classroom and we used to try and tell the parents like, Hey, this is the last thing they have control over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) They, they want to poop themselves, let them poop themselves. But, um, yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to have, everyone wants control and, and man, that was, I felt like I was finally, I could have my little domain and tell people what to do and kind of be the director of the show. And yeah, no, it didn't work. Yeah. Okay. So help me explain to people what it feels like when you let go of that control. Do you feel like you're giving in, that you're losing, that you're weak? How did you feel when you let go of that control? At first there was like a void. It was like, all right, well, like now what do I do? Mm -hmm. Like I had, I had, made my whole identity around like this person who like makes sure things get done around the house. And now all of a sudden there's just this void of like, all right, uh, what do I do? And, um, it's, it's not necessarily like, um, I wasn't at, at first it felt like defeated. Like I had lost the battle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it started to shift more to like, well, now I get to do what I want to do. Like I've been worrying about dishes in the sink forever. Now I can go, you know, I like to be creative. So now I can go, you know, write or play music or do other things I like to do. And so it felt eventually kind of like a victory. Um, but it didn't seem like that at first. Right. It's a growing process because you will, you'll feel like, okay, fine. Y'all win. I give up. And then mm-hmm. you kick into, wait a minute. I'm still in control. I can choose how I let this affect me. Either I can walk around right. and mope about it every time they're here, which will make everybody miserable again, or I can go read a book, or I can go talk on the phone with a friend that I haven't talked to. We spend so much time putting our energy and focus into the blend that it wears us down. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Like I like I'll I'll give you like two examples. Like I I go to therapy. I've been seeing a therapist for a really long time. And I noticed that every single week I was going to therapy, I was talking about my stepkids and I was talking and, you know, I'm spending money on this appointment every single week talking mm-hmm. about my stepkids. And um, after a while I was like, okay, I'm not going to talk about my stepkids this week. And I started working on myself. It was like, I had put all this energy into fixing their problems and they have two completely competent parents in their lives. And I'm not working on myself at all. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, and I'm putting hundreds of dollars into this, you know, right. so you think start thinking about it in money terms. I'm like, wow, like I can really be investing in myself right now. And that, that was cool. And then the other thing that happened is the youngest stepdaughter, um, who's 15 now, uh, and she was like 13 at the time. Um, you know, I, I, uh, her and I were super close when I first met her, she was like eight going on nine. And she, you know, really looked up to me. She started dressing like me, um, she, she got like matching clothes and she like really, you know, looked up to me like this big role model. And, and I was like, so in love with the whole situation in love with her and, you know, everything was beautiful. And then, um, as she, you know, things started changing, 
I was no longer cool. And I was all sad about that. And like, um, and as that happened, I was like, you know, I got like, you know, really scared. I'm going to lose this connection with her. So I start like monopolizing conversations and talking about things and constantly bugging her and asking her questions and nagging her. And so eventually I kind of like stepped back from that. And what I noticed was if I just kind of sat there quietly, like she would just start talking and we'd be talking again, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't controlling it anymore. I wasn't dictating every ounce of the conversation. I was just like letting her do her thing. And we're not like, I think I still am kind of a role model to her. I mean, I don't think she'd ever admit that. Um, you know, maybe when she's in like her twenties, she'll come around to that or something. Yeah. But I think <laughs> <laughs> she's too cool right now to admit that, but you know, um, I just gave her space and, and I got my life back and then she came around. It was, it was like this, uh, kind of, I know I, I kind of don't like cliches, but, uh, you know, let him go. And if it's meant to be, they'll come back. Mm-hmm. You know, it was very much like that. Um, so yeah, I, I got myself back a little bit, um, which is nice. And then eventually she came around too, you know, in like a different way. It's pretty sweet. You know, I think it's important that stepmoms don't try to be something they're not and don't mm. try to control everything. Even the conversations, like you said with her, let it happen naturally because you were trying so hard because you were afraid of losing that connection with her. You were actually pushing her away. Mm-hmm. And once you kind of step back, it allowed her to come closer. Mm, yeah yeah because you know kids don't like being forced to do anything nobody does and I don't know was your significant other was he okay with the relationship that y'all had because a lot of times we see where the um, bio dad wants the stepmom and the stepdaughter or stepson to have a relationship that he's forcing it like tell me what you do to show my kids you love them or you need to love my kids and you need to do this for them. I mean, it's just a constant pressure to try to make them bond. No, no. Thank God he's not like that. Oh my God. Um, Cause like you said, people don't like being forced to do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have lost my, I would have lost it um, if he were like that. But um, there were moments um, when I started nachoing where he would be like, well, don't you want to come to dinner? And I'm like, no. I'm like, well, you're part of the family. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm part of the family, but, this is your family too. Like I need my space. You guys go do your thing. Um, and so I don't think he forced it, but he was definitely like, uh, you know, like I think he was more concerned that I was like, you know, uh, not feeling left out or anything. I mean, he wants me to be there. He wants me to be a part of their lives and I'm happy to, uh, sometimes it's really hard. I don't like it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they're teenagers. Um, I'm 30. I don't want to hang out with teenagers all the time, but yeah. <laughs> and I say that like lovingly. It's just like we're different at different ages in our lives, uh, different stages. And it's a little too close for comfort, which reminds me a lot of being a teenager. That was uncomfortable. But um, you know, um, I think he hasn't forced me. Thank God he's not he's not forcing uh forcing any type of like relationship or, or closeness there. Um he's he's uh, pretty hands-off when it comes to that. But there was a phase where I was like, oh my god, are we gonna head into that, that now? Because I was trying to to step back and he was afraid I was going to step out completely, I think. Um, so, yeah. I think the men automatically, and I'm going to say men because it seems like it's mostly stepmoms, of course, that I talk to. But mm-hmm. it seems like the bio dad looks at nachoing as you're just throwing your hands up and saying, I'm not doing crap. Yeah, 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 for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and that wasn't the case at all. I was definitely uh, still happily a part of their lives. I was just a part of their lives in a way that I think they wanted me to be in their lives. just like. You know, a way that worked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So did he know you were quote, quote, nachoing? Did you tell him? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I told him about the nacho podcast and I told him about nachoing. (laughs) I'd be like, I'm going to go downstairs and, you know, do my thing while you're hanging out with the kids. He'd be like, are you nachoing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'd be like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he knows. You know, I asked you that because a lot of people... They'll ask all the time, should I tell my significant other or not that I'm not showing? Well, you know, you can't just go in there and go, I'm just not doing anything for your kids. Because number one, that's not not showing. But then you can't just go in there and say, they are not my kids. They're your responsibility. I'm out. Okay. Mm. Once you explain to them what it is and can explain to them the reasons why it's beneficial for everybody in the blend for you to nacho. You know, it helps you build a relationship with the stepkids. It takes him out of the middle of you fussing about them and them fussing about you. It just helps so much. And it even takes out the crap that the bio mom is saying about you. Because if you're not showing, she can't say anything about you. That's true. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Because if I were to go in there and be like, I'm not dealing with it. This is your problem. You have them. They're not my kids. I mean, that probably wouldn't land as well as like, Hey, I need some space. I, you know, and explain what nachoing is all about. That's going to yield a better result than throwing my hands up in the air and saying, they're your kids and walking out. Yeah. Don't wait till Monday morning when you're normally take the kids to school and go, eh, you know what? I listen, heard this thing called a nacho kid. So I'm not taking them. I mean, (laughs) good luck (laughs) because we've had people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Does that work? Does that yield good results? No. (laughs) We said we needed to start adding a disclaimer to every podcast that says use common sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't imagine if I I had ever been like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, so-and-so overslept this morning and they asked for a ride to school and I just told them, you know, no. I mean, I, you know, I guess not really a good example because I feel like I, I might do that at some <laughs> point if I ever had my own kids. But, <laughs> but you know, so-and-so uh, needs a ride to work. Their car broke down and I told them no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, of course, I'm going to give you a ride to work. You want to, you want to work. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like I have to walk a thin line as, as a, uh, as their stepmom, and uh, I pick my battles, and I can't just throw my hands up in the air and walk out. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of it too is because people get aggravated with the stepkids because they don't listen to them. They're brats, whatever. And so when the stepkid asks them something, they're like, "No, I'm not doing anything for you." But see, right. you're not doing it for them anyway. You're doing it for your significant other. For sure. You're helping them by taking the stepkid to work when their car broke down. You're helping them by taking the stepkid to school when they missed the bus. For sure. You've got to change your perception. And then the ultimate thing is realizing that, you know what? It's not really the stepkids per se as much as it's, the stepmom doesn't agree with how the stepkids are being parented. Mm. So it falls mm-hmm. back on, mm, you know, little Johnny's only doing what he can get away with and his dad lets him. So who are you going to be mad at? You know? Mm-hmm. And then you say, well, then I'm mad at my husband because he won't parent his kids. Well, who are you to decide how he should parent his kids? Yeah, that is, that's the tape, right? If I play the tape out, that's where it always ends up is who am I to say he's not doing the right job? Who am I to say? Yeah, he's known them since he was, since they were born. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so if so-and-so acts a certain way, uh, he'd be like, yeah, well, that's because he was raised like, you know, like that. And then I'm like, well, who am I I'm talking, I'm talking badly about my partner now. That's like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not what I want. That's not going to make me feel any better. Exactly. And, uh, 
if they say, if my, if my partner or significant other says, well, so-and-so acts like that, and they've always kind of been that way since they were born, who am I to say that's not true? Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, as parents, we do the best we can. A lot of how we parent is based on how we were parented. A lot of it is guilty parent syndrome. Did you notice that your significant other has guilty parent syndrome at all? Or is he, you know, fairly strict with them to the point that you feel like if they were your kids with him, that he would treat them the same? He wouldn't, you know, um, be like, oh, I don't want to punish him because he's getting ready to go back to his mom's. Mm, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Um, There's a little bit of like, and and I mean, that's like in the most loving way. Uh, There's like a little bit of like, kind of like Disneyland. Uh-huh. syndrome i think which is kind of like make things good all the time while you're here mm-hmm. um and i think part of that maybe has a little bit of guilt to do with it and i think part of that is man he just wants things to be happy when they're around because they're not around that especially if he only has them every other weekend mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. sure i mean yeah. you don't want to spend four days out of your month seeing your kids and disciplining them i mean granted if they're getting ready to do something crazy then yes but you know if they're fighting with the other one then more than likely they'll just go stop doing that they won't say you're on restriction for three days because he's not, they're not going to be with him for three days. Right. Right. And they're just going to want to stay at their mom's anyway. They're going to be like, well, this, this weekend sucked. I'm not coming back, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. And then they don't want to come back. And then, you know, some bio moms would be like, well, you don't have to go back. And then other bio moms will be like, well, you have to go back. It's in the court order. And if they don't want to go, everybody's going to be miserable. Yeah. And I, and I think part of the, the hardest part in us has been that bio mom has been like, okay, well then you don't have to go back. That's kind of where, where I toe the line of my judgment and this is none of my business and I have to not show the situation. Mm-hmm. That's been the hardest part because bio mom is very much like, well, if you don't want to go, then you don't have to go. And I'm like, oh my God. Okay. We're doing this. We're playing this game. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Me being a bio mom, I can understand that point of it. If your kid doesn't want to go, you don't want to make them go somewhere they don't want to. Mm. But then the other part of that is they need to spend time with the other parent. And if you don't want them to, then go back to court. Try to get the court order changed. If you have valid reasons that they shouldn't go back to the other parent, then you need to do it legally. Not just, oh, no, little Johnny doesn't want to go today. Right. Right. It should be through the courts. That way, like, everyone can cover all their bases. And, yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because little Johnny might not want to go back to dad's because dad actually makes him clean up his room. Uh-huh. How long were y'all together before you got married? We were together for three years. So you're like in year three of living together and being in the blend more so than six years? Or were y'all living together before? We were living together before, but the blend was not fully happening yet. They were still with us only every other weekend. Um, then we moved down to their parent, to their bio mom's neighborhood and mm-hmm. we moved in, uh, moved them with us every, uh, other week. And that was like the big switch. And then we got married a year later. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That puts things into a perspective. So you had that change. Then a year later you get married, you kick into, I am super mom. And then, then it goes to crap. What would you say that the hardest part of blending has been for you? I'd say right off the bat, the hardest thing that uh, blending, that, that the hardest thing about blending for me was uh, losing my friends. 
right away. Uh, I was 30. No, I'm 30 now. I was 24 going on 25 um, when we got together and uh, had a really, you know, I thought, I really thought like a really close knit group of friends. I mean, I was kind of like a social butterfly. I hung out with a lot of people. Um, I worked in restaurants, uh, started working at like a law firm, but like I kept like, I had like a, a pretty big like social life. And then people just like stopped hanging out with me. And uh, I kept, you know, a couple close friends, maybe like one or two, but I was just so, my feelings were just so hurt that like no one wanted to hang out with me anymore. And then it made me realize, I'm like, well, every time they want to hang out with me, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm going to bring these kids along. And, um, <laughs> you know, who, who in their right mind that, you know, in their twenties wants to hang out with a bunch of 12 year olds and not, not, you know, I don't mean to be offensive when I say that. I'm just saying like, if you're, you're worried about your social status, you're not, you're not thinking about bringing 12 year olds with you everywhere you go. Um, well, honey, most 40 year olds aren't, aren't wanting to take 12 year olds with them everywhere. They go. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. True. Um, so yeah, we, we became like this, uh, me and my partner and his kids became like this thing. We're like, well, well they're, when they're with us, we do everything with them because we only see them four days, a, four days a month. So, uh, there is no me time. It's us time and getting to know the family and getting to know them and them getting to know me. And uh, we're doing things like going to the public pool together. We're going to theme parks together. You know, we're going uh, hiking a lot. We're going outside. And I'm inviting my friends to join us like I would usually. And they're not coming. Mm-hmm. And now they're, you know, so that's, that, was, that was hard. Probably the hardest thing. And then the weekends that you didn't have the kids, were you kind of like, I just want to chill for that weekend? Um. So you mean like, it was like, where I, was I calling my friends on yeah, those weekends? Yeah. yeah, I was. And you know what? I, I, my personality is just like, if I get hurt too many times, I'm just going to kind of cut you out of my life. And I, I started realizing that these friends that were hanging out with me when they weren't around or when, you know, uh, I was by myself, like they, uh, I don't know, man. I just, I got my feelings hurt too many times by like feeling rejected that I just kind of like was like, you know what, if that's how you're going to be, like, if you're not going to accept the way that I'm living my life now, like, I guess I'm just not going to call you anymore. Um, I don't know that I needed to maybe switch my perception on that. And I, I definitely have at this point, I've gotten a little more mature when it comes to that. But at the time I was like, you know, what? I'm just, I'm kind of done. Yeah. I'm done with you, girl. I am shutting the door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that. A lot of people are that way. You know, I know this is kind of a hypothetical thing, and it's probably going to be hard to answer um, because you don't know. But I feel like that once you get into a stepmom role, it does make you mature more quickly than people that aren't. Because all of a sudden, you're this family. You have responsibilities that your friends don't have. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that the, you know, the question in there is like, what, like, did I, did I mature faster than they did or in a different way? And I I think absolutely in certain, in certain respects, um, still very like childlike, but I think in certain respects, I, um, you know, I, I had to mature. I, and I'll, I'll tell you this really quick story is that every year we, uh, for Halloween would go up to Philly to go to this Eastern state penitentiary. It's like this old abandoned prison. I don't know if you like, uh, haunted houses but it's like the most fun haunted house it's like takes an hour and a half to get through it it's just like this great time um and we would go up every year with our friends and so like we rolled up with like 40 people and we brought the kids and they're they're into horror stuff so they were fine and you know 
they, you know, you go through room to room to room and then you have to stop in between and like wait for the room ahead of you to clear out so your whole group can go uh-huh. into the next room, right? And so this is like my first Halloween with them. I've been with my boyfriend now for like five months or something, four months. And, um, you know, we're going into this thing and like I see our friend group is starting to get cut in half between this one room and the other. And I kind of start to like run ahead and join the next group. And I leave back my boyfriend and his kids. and. Um, then they eventually catch up with us later. And after that, he was like, you know, my, my partner was like, you know, I, I was starting to question if you're like mature enough to be in this relationship because you just kind of like didn't even say bye. And we didn't see you for like an hour and you just left. Um, and like, I, I, I had to stop and be like, wow, like I'm now kind of charged with kids. Like I'm with kids here. Like I can't just run off. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of like a you know, I see like a, a butterfly in a field and I'll go chase it. Like I'm kind of like that personality. And, uh, you know, little things like that started happening. Like we would be in a busy street, you know, down where we live in Baltimore and, uh, you know, the, the street would start beginning with the, the light would be getting ready to turn. And I'd just be like, you know, myself, like trying to sprint across the street at the last minute. And he was like, where are you going? Like, we're with kids. You can't just run us all across <laughs> the street. <laughs> and, um, little things like that started happening. And I was, I started waking up to the, to the fact that I can't just, you know, move by myself anymore. It's like, I'm with the family now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of my friends didn't have that and still don't have that truthfully. And some do. Um, but, uh, I was like, wow, like, you know, I started thinking of the group and not just myself. That was, you know, mature in certain ways for sure. But in other ways, I don't know, I'm still really immature. You ask anyone, but I, I think that I, I had to start looking more from like a group perspective than just me. Right. Honey, in my head, I'm still 18. Yeah. 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 I'm like in fifth grade, dude. I'm like, (laughs) I want to like draw and like take bubble baths and just do nothing all day and like eat popcorn and watch TV in my PJs. (laughs) Oh, I love it. What's funny is you wait till you get my age and you'll meet somebody and you'll go, oh yeah, they're about my age. And then you start talking to them and you're like, I'm old enough to be their mom. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm old enough to be your mom there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's um, it's funny because it's like, I think about how my mom was at my age, and I'm like, she was not half as cool as I am. <laughs> you know, she was all business-like, and she was a mother. You know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I joke around with the kids' friends, and we have a good time, and I just don't remember my mom ever doing that, but she had three kids. We were all girls and we probably drove her crazy. So yeah, I can understand that too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She probably had a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So what would you say that the best advice you ever received about blending was? Truly not showing. And I'm not just saying that because this is a podcast that I'm on. I'm saying that because like truly just like leaving the like you know not putting my hand in stuff that doesn't belong to me has been the biggest lifesaver in my like my sanity my self-esteem like I used to get like so upset like they don't respect me they don't care about me like the stepkids I mean like they don't respect me and all this stuff and and you know the second I just started like nachoing situations was the second I started to get my self-esteem back, started to get my sanity back and started to get my time back. It was, it's just huge. Um, and just like, uh, little things like, like we were talking about earlier, just like trusting that my partner is making a good decision. 
mm-hmm. has been huge. Yeah, I got that all the time for my sisters who have kids of their own. They're like, you know, his age. And they're like, uh, what makes you think that you're the, the advice that I got was like, what makes you think that your idea is like more valid than his, like, you know, more important. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No, nothing really. Because it's yours. That's why. <laughs> cause it's, cause it's mine. Darn it. Because I said it is. So we see this a lot too. Did you find yourself being less attracted to your significant other because you were like, he's just not parenting quote, quote, manly enough, or he's not standing up to the kids. He's not standing up to the bio mom. Did you ever feel like you were losing some of that appeal toward him because he wasn't this, you know, macho, macho man, you know, the kids won't talk to me that way. Dude, that's a question I've never thought about. Like no one's ever asked me that. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like, I, I don't even know if I, if that, if that's a thing or not for me. Um, I definitely were definitely nights where I was like, yeah, I'm not attracted to you because, you know, we're arguing all the time about stepkids. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I never really thought about that. I don't know. For me, that's a real big thing. Don't let it be. <laughs> don't let yeah. me telling you that. <laughs> Change your focus to where you're like, you know, now that you she know, said that. Know, now that she said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When one of the kids does something, you don't agree with how he's, you know, responding to it. You're going to be like, oh, you're a weak little man. <laughs> That's too funny. But it happens a lot. But then that's when the stepmoms have to remember, you know, there is a real thing as guilty parent syndrome. There's also no handbook on being a parent. A lot of it may be how he was raised. A lot of it may just be because he doesn't know any better or he's doing the best he can. I mean, we're all doing the best we can. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we're doing the best we can with what we have. And I think, I think I, 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 uh, funny because that has definitely been a way I've been like with my own dad like no I was like never attracted to my dad but I mean like definitely respect wise like I've never like respected my dad just because you know he didn't have that like manly man type thing going on and like he was like just like super we had a super toxic um we had a lot of like emotional abuse between me and my father and stuff um so like I never really like respected him but you know I that reminds me like we are doing the best with what we can, with what we have. You know, my dad was also orphaned at a really young age, so he didn't have parents to look up to. So, you know, we do, we, we only know how to parent based on, you know, how we were parented, you know? Mm-hmm. And the majority of us will go, if I have kids, they will not act like that. Or, you know, my kids would never do that. Well, you know, there's a reason that your foot will fit inside your mouth. Yeah. I like, I'm like kind of rolling my eyes when you said that, but, um, you know, because I don't have kids of my own and I would like to think that I'd like to think my kids wouldn't do certain things, but like, it's like a lottery. I feel like you don't know what you're going to get. Like you think, you know, Mm -hmm. exactly. I know sometimes my son will do something and I'll, my mom passed away five years ago and I'll hear my mom in my head go, "Uh uh-huh. Payback. Payback. (laughs) (laughs) But thankfully, it's not the same payback because I was a bad child. I was a bad child. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with my mom. We just, we didn't bond. We didn't have a good bond. I was a daddy's girl. And I think that just always annoyed her. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Now, do you notice that with your husband? Does he have a closer bond, you think, with the girls? Is one of them a daddy's girl? When they were younger, one of them, middle, the, the oldest stepdaughter, um, middle, middle child, she was a daddy's girl for sure. Um, 
absolutely daddy's girl um and you know very similar temperaments the two of them they're very similar so as as well and i always tell her this anytime you know that they were fighting and she would come to me to vent to me about him i'd be like you know what girl you are two peas in a pod so you're either gonna like love each other or be at each other's like bumping heads constantly um but i think that he is was at one point really really close to her i think he bounces back back and forth between the kids who is closer to at a certain time. Mm-hmm. And that's normal too. Mm-hmm. That is normal. I always laugh because I'm like, yeah, my oldest sister was my mom's favorite. I was my dad's favorite. And my little sister, they're like, okay, we both better love her. <laughs> 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 She's the baby. Yeah. I'm the baby. So I know how it is. You're always the baby. I'm mm-hmm. 30 and I'm still the baby. So you have step siblings. You said your mom had, was part of a blend. Mm-hmm. Yep, I have two stepsisters, and I have a a brother, a whole brother. Or no, no, wait, I'm sorry, they're half sisters, half sisters. Okay, we all have the same mom. Um, so we're half half siblings. So me and my brother are like full, like both from my mom and dad, and then my two older sisters are from my mom's first marriage. Okay, so you never had a stepdad or a stepmom. No, no, I didn't. I never did have that. No, but you thought having half siblings was comparable to being part of a blended family. Yes. Yeah. I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, I thought that uh, kind of watching my sisters go through what they went through with my dad was comparable to like learning how to parent and not parent, stuff like that. Did your dad parent them? Yeah. He met them when they were four and their dad moved. My mom's from Argentina. They were born in Argentina and their dad moved back to Argentina when him and my mom split. So he went back and then me and uh, my, sorry, and then my dad, uh, when he met my mom, they were three and four years old, I think, or four and five years old. So he stepped in and played the, you know, the dad role for them when they were little. Uh, they're like 45 and 46 now or something. So um, he's been like their quote unquote, like their only real dad figure. Um, and he was like kind of vicious, man. He was like, I'm not really afraid to say this, but he, he was like, you know, just kind of like a tyrant, just always telling him what to do constantly, just like really strict with them. And, you know, uh, so I was like, all right, I'll just won't be that. Whatever yeah. it is, I just won't be that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and that was my education on, on how to step parent. Yeah. You were one stripe down from that. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be that bad, but I am going to control this ship. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Definitely. So what do you foresee in your future that the relationship's going to be like with the stepkids? You know, just... In five years, what do you think your relationship is going to be like with the stepkids? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, um, you know, sometimes I dream about the older ones having kids and me being able to be like a step-grandmom, which is kind of going to be weird because I'm going to be like in my 30s. But um, I'm going to be like, for me, that, you know, not what I expected. But I, I, I kind of think about that sometimes. And I think about my involvement um, in that. Um, you know, I think about like... And, and the kind of like hope that like, you know, they'll come around, the youngest one will come around out of her teens and just kind of open up to me and like be friend, more friendly again. And uh, I don't know, I have all these like big hopes and aspirations because I, you know, I just like, I'm waiting for them to not be teenagers so we can like all kind of like get back and kind of like level up again. But um, hoping that, you know, we stay connected. I don't know, me, me and my partner talk about moving all the time. Um, from the East Coast to the West Coast or down to Central America or South America or Europe. We talk about a lot of stuff. So 
um, hoping that uh, maybe you know they would come visit us. I just I just want know that I just want them to stay in our lives and stay and you know have like a positive relationship with us. But I I, I truly don't know. Yeah, I mean none of us know, right? You know when you go for a job interview, they say where do you see yourself in five years? So I don't know why that popped in my head. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I would sell myself short if I tried to figure out where we'd be in five years. Um, I have no no idea. Um, we'd be like, I don't know, hanging out. Yeah. And, and maybe going to music festivals together or going camping together again. Stuff that we used to do or traveling because we took them to Costa Rica last year for their first time out of the country. And dude, it was amazing. They got to go to see a new country they got to see you know all these really beautiful things and at the end of that they were like uh can we keep our passports because like we want to go travel again um so you know that was cool to be a part of the experience and maybe one day we'll go traveling again yeah do something like that that's awesome that's really cool you know if you would have asked me when i started not showing if you would have asked me in five years what i thought the relationship would be like with the stepkids i'd have been like uh well you know we'll treat each other like the best we would a stranger, but I am really fair point. Yeah. And I'm really shocked of the relationship that I have with those kids now because I do, I, I have a good relationship with them. I can call them and chit chat with them. One of them is very supportive. You know, if he finds out that I'm working on something new, he's like, Oh, that's going to be great. And have you thought about this? Um, You know, I'm more a part of their life than I ever thought I would be. Yeah, I have one, the the oldest stepdaughter, the middle child right now. I, I feel like, you know, at best we're going to be cordial. Mm-hmm. And I miss her dearly, but, you know, a lot's changed over the time since I've known her. And I'm just hoping, like, we can sit together at, at dinner tables for holidays and get along. That's kind of where I see us in five years. Or that you're invited to the wedding. <laughs> uh, well, you know, the wedding already happened. She was oh. 17 years old and, <laughs> and she married a Marine. So, okay. uh yeah. <laughs> Did you go? <laughs> Were you invited? Um, yeah, the court, so they got married in the courthouse and I did not go to that. Not that I was not invited, um, but it was like during work and it was kind of on a whim last minute thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and when they do have the, the wedding ceremony or like the whole um, the reception party and stuff like that, I think I will be invited. Uh, yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Because we do see a lot of times where the dad's invited and the stepmom's not. Really? Yes. You would be surprised. So then that causes conflict, of course, where the dad wants to go, and he, but he doesn't want to go and hurt his wife. Or the stepmom's like, if you go, I'm going to divorce you. <laughs> Jesus. People. Yeah, it, it doesn't <laughs> end when they turn 18. It does not end when they turn 18. Yeah. Yeah, right. In my head, it's already over. I'm like, all right, two of them are 18. I'm almost done. But I know that's not the case. Well, it may be more so for you if y'all move somewhere, you know, because you won't be in the same town or whatever. But you still will have those um, events like either getting married or having a baby. You know, you don't want to be one of them have a baby and you go to the hospital and they go, we don't want her here. Who is she? Why is she coming? It happens. So we have a situation right now where stepson is uh, graduating from college. He's in a two-year program down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, there were, he was only given four tickets, four tickets for his college graduation. Oh. So I'm like, oh, f- darn, like who, who's going to make the list? Yeah. Um, 
you know? So it's uh, people who are going are, are me, my partner, and bio mom and stepdad. And I was like, are we sure about that? Like, why am I going? And why are grandparents not going? Like, what? And he was like, that's the only way to make it fair. My, my partner said, he's, that's the only way to make it fair. Because, you know, you had a big hand in him going to school. And so did stepdad. And, you know, we're just going to do it that way. Yeah. Like, okay. Are we sure? Like, if he's got four grandparents, he, he, he would have to leave out his parents. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and I, I have a volunteer just, I was like, if I, if I was like, you know, I'll step out if that means that one of the grandparents can go. And then he's like, yeah, what about the other grandparent? You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I think when they give those tickets, they don't think about, um, well, I mean, I know they do it because there's so many kids graduating and they have a limited number of seats or whatever, but you know, they definitely don't think about the step family issue. Cause I know when the triplets graduated from high school, if they would not have been triplets and all of them got tickets, we would have had the same issue. Wow. You mm-hmm. know, but luckily I think with, you know, being three of them, we got like 12 tickets or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really great. So you got, you have enough tickets to go. I think that they don't like consider, you know, blended families and, and different, you know, non-traditional type families, or even the fact that grandparents might want to go. But, but I, I guess, you know, it's based on how much room they have and, you know, how many seats they can give out completely. So. Wow. Imagine those people that are, what are they called? Polygamist? <laughs> <laughs> they're like well i got seven. like married to more than one person yeah but like i got seven mamas which ones do i give the tickets to <laughs> <laughs> i think you just hope that like one person's cool enough to step down and be like yeah i'll let you go i'll take the next one and then you trade <laughs> off just like <laughs> yeah. if you are a polygamist sorry if we offended you that was not our intent i'm just curious no, <laughs> <laughs> no i think that's like legal in oregon or maybe Oklahoma. I don't know. Hey, that would be cool. We need a polygamist blended family. Well, wouldn't they be a blended family anyway? Yeah. Like polyamorous, like like in like more like all these relationships. Yeah, I think they would be blended. I've heard of families that live together with their like in houses with all of their kids together. Like multiple couples with shared children. You should interview someone like that. Yeah. All right. If there's somebody out there like that, <laughs> contact me at Lori at nachokids.com. Be a guest on our <laughs> podcast. Yeah, because now you got my mind spinning. I'm like, how does that work? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. C- couldn't do it. Not this girl. I think it would depend on how, you, on how you know, on how you, you, I feel like a person like that would have to set it from the start and be like, all right, kids are being born. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to make it like this. Yeah. It would have to be like boundaries galore. Right. Yeah. Or or guidelines, maybe is a better word. Gu- right. Guidelines, boundaries, like mm-hmm. in this house, this is going to be our norm and we're going to make it like this. And and this is going to be weird to other people, but we're going to like have to be consistent with it and stick with it so that, you know. Yeah. Because could you imagine your child, say I'm mama A and my child mm-hmm. is misbehaving and Mama C starts to discipline my kid, but I don't think she should. That's a whole nother blended mess. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, Danny, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast. And, you know, make a note in five years, reach out to me and be a guest and we'll see where you are in your blend. Awesome. I would love to. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Have a nice day. You too. One of the things that Danny mentioned is at first when she let go of control, she felt defeated hmm. and like a, there was a void. That's not abnormal. No. 
Because if you go into it and say, okay, I'm letting go of the control of things I didn't have, you're not giving up, Mm -mm. even though you may feel that way. Right. But you have to remind yourself that, no, you're not giving up. You never had control of these things anyway. You're just letting it go. Mm -hmm. You're stopping trying to control everybody. Well, you just hit the nail on the head, which is... You never had control in the first place of those things. And so what you were frustrated with was the fact you were trying to control something you couldn't. And then you sometimes people get frustrated because they feel like they're giving up control of the things they didn't have control of to begin with. <laughs> so, well, it's like, oh, okay, fine. I'm, I'm not winning. I'm not getting anywhere with this. Nobody's listening to me. Nobody's doing what they said they were going to do. I'm just going to give up. Mm-hmm. You're giving up the stress of trying to control everything that you can't control. Right. And the ultimate control, I've said this many times, is when you can get to the point that you control how you let things affect you. Yeah, because that's what you can control. Right. I remember one time when we had a coaching call and I told this lady, because we were going over like things that were wrong in her blend and things she was struggling with. And she said, well, everything that we're talking about is, is things that, is is me. I mean, I'm the one that's the problem that needs to be fixed. And um and I remember telling her, you should be glad that a lot of the things that need to be fixed are are things that you feel uh, that belong to you because those are the things you can control. If you come and you're like everything is my significant other's problem and I I'm doing every single thing right, then you're going to have a uphill battle because now you're trying to control You're trying to change somebody else to make your blend better. Right. I would much rather have have me to change because I can control that than to try to change somebody else. Yeah, but, and and maybe you just don't have these emotions. I don't know, but it is hard because you, there is a point where you feel like that something's wrong with you. Oh, yeah. Or that you're to blame for all the mess and everybody else's unhappiness. And that is not the case. No, no, everybody has. Some, if you want to say blame, everybody has some blame to share in in the whole blended family thing. And I don't think that one person necessarily has more than the the other, because a lot of times the reason why stepmom is so overstepping a lot of times is because the significant other, the husband, boyfriend, whatever, has put her in that position and then expected that of her. Right. And so, you know can't really say, well, she's the bigger problem when, you know, he's the one that put her in that position and told her to do it that way. Yeah. Or asked her to do it that way, depending on your relationship. (laughs) I did ask her if she researched blended families prior to becoming part of a blended family. Mm -hmm. She said, no, didn't see a need to. (laughs) I got this. Yeah. Everything was fine. Yeah. Till they got married. Well, we've talked before how we did the homework and the research. Well, you did. And then you told me. (laughs) Yep. So if you are embarking on your journey to blend, join the Nacho Kids Academy now. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until you have dreams of suffocating your spouse. (laughs) Don't wait until you're crying at the end of the driveway, not wanting to pull up in the driveway and deal with the blend. Wait a minute. Are all these things things you did? David, I'm just saying. Okay. Don't wait until 
your husband starts to choke and you're like, should I do the Heimlich? <laughs> Don't wait. <laughs> do it while you still love this person with all your heart. Honey, don't cut your steak up into small pieces. Eat it whole. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Because one thing I will tell you, the compassion your significant other has towards his kids and the attention he gives them and all that happy stuff, it's all fine and dandy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, once you get married and the blend starts going crazy, those are the things that you don't like about them. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how stuff changes. Yep. One of the first things I thought about David was he's a great dad. He's got his kids 11 out of 14 days. His kids are well-behaved for the most part. I mean, when you've got four kids, you can't expect them to be just quiet. Yeah. But, you know, oh, great kids. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden when I moved in, they were horrible hellions. No, not my kids. Yes. They were perfect little angels. Maybe to you and your mama and some other people, but not to me. (laughs) So, anyway, just a little word of advice. Which is? Join the Nacho Kids Academy now. Don't wait. Gotcha. NachoKidsAcademy.com. And don't let the things that you loved about your significant other in the beginning turn into things that you hate about them now. That's true. All right. That's all I got to say. We got to wrap up, David. Let's go. All right. Let's wrap it. So thank you for listening to today's episode. We will be back next week talking more stuff about nacho. So remember, folks, life is good when you're nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.